Welcome to the Travel Media Lab podcast. I'm your host, Yulia Denisuk, an award-winning travel photographer and writer, entrepreneur, community builder, and a firm believer that every one of us can go after the stories we've always wanted to tell with the right support, encouragement, and structure. I'm on a mission to help women's storytellers everywhere break into and thrive in the travel media space. If you're ready to ditch your fears to the side, grow your knowledge and confidence, and publish your travel stories, you're in the right place. Let's go. Hi, everyone. We are taking a quick break this September here at the Travel Media Lab podcast, and we will be returning with fresh season seven episodes for you in October. Until then, I'd like to share with you a few conversations that we regularly have in The Circle, our membership in which we help you get your stories published with ongoing support, encouragement, opportunities, and a community as you establish yourself in the travel media space. In this bonus episode, I'm sharing with you a discussion we recently had in the circle during one of our weekly check-ins. This is one of the many things we do in the circle alongside pitch review, alongside support and curated opportunities that I come out for our members every two weeks. But every week we have check-ins on Zoom where we set the priorities for the week and also have opportunities to ask questions related to our pitches and working in the industry. So on this call that you're about to hear, we're discussing a recent shift that I've been going through personally on inviting more ease into my life, why we need to be actively working on raising rates in the industry, what is the value of freelance writers, and why how we process information affects everything we do in life. And before we get started, I want to share with you a super exciting announcement. This October, we're inviting travel writer Jessica Poitavien to run a series of travel writing workshops inside the circle. We're calling the series The Anatomy of a Travel Story. And in it, Jessica is going to take you through the whole process from generating ideas and pitching to interviewing and gathering your sources to developing your story structure and writing your article. Jessica has written for Travel and Leisure, Condé Nast Traveler, National Geographic, Photos Travel, and many more, and I'm so, so excited to learn from her this October. Now, let me tell you a little bit more about how the workshops will look like. We'll have a total of three one-hour workshops on Monday, October 3rd, October 17th, and October 24th. The workshops are free for our Circle members, and if you join us at our Imagine level, which is just $27 a month, you'll be able to get the audio recording of all the workshops. Now, if you want to attend the live call, if you want to interact with Jessica, if you want to ask her questions, then you can join us at our Rise or Soar levels, and at those two levels, you will have live access to the workshops and the opportunity to get your pitch critiqued by Jessica. Again, the first workshop will run on Monday, October 3rd. So if you join anytime before that, you'll be able to learn alongside Jessica and get her amazing expertise and experience. Get more information about this at travelmedialab.com slash circle. And I hope to see you inside. All right, now let's get into this episode. All right. Uh, welcome, everyone. Uh, yes. So just before we started recording, we were talking about how 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 
getting into the swing of things. And Nicole, to answer you, it's been difficult for me. I just got so relaxed in, in France that I, what I actually realized is that my pace before was not very sustainable. And I knew this before. We actually had this conversation in the circle last year. Do you guys remember last August? Our monthly theme was about learning how to restore and recharge ourselves. And I gave this whole presentation about it. The old old timers, OGs, the OGs will remember this. And here we are again. You know, I, I came back from France and I'm like, okay, I need to f- figure out a better balance uh, because it's I don't want to return to that state. Um and so yeah, it's it's been it's been difficult. Um, but let's see, I have my my next schedule coming up is gonna be just as crazy uh here in September through November. So we'll see. Um but you know, I've been thinking a lot about um, what do we, what kind of stories do we tell ourselves about what is and isn't possible? Because for me, for most of my life, actually, the story has been that you need to work hard, you need to suffer. Nothing good comes without a struggle. That's like been my orientation ever since I was little, you know, and so. That's how I approach things. And that's how things come to me, because that's what I believe. And so in France, I've actually been thinking about this a lot, right? Is this really the only way to be in the world? Is this the only way to work? Is this the only way to exist? And of course, it's not, right? People have all kinds of different ways in which they do things. So I I have been really focused in the past three weeks on how can things be more easeful for me how how can things be more effortless for me how can i uh engineer and orchestrate things in my life but without the insane hustle and struggle that it's always sort of been the case you know and i don't know it's it's kind of a subtle shift in in the way you think um but yeah it's an experiment so we'll see how i'll report to you guys in terms of how how it goes but i just really want to stop thinking in terms of struggle stop thinking in terms of everything as a struggle both in terms of relationships in terms of love in terms of money in terms of work in terms of getting pitches and assignments too by the way you know i just i don't know i i'm i'm kind of going through this re reorientation inside of you know I don't want struggle anymore I want things to be easy um so you know just inviting you into this into this process with me too I'm sort of hesitant to talk more about this these kind of topics and subject that are let's say a bit more esoteric which are more about the mindset more because it's um sometimes people can think well this is just kind of some some cloudy ideas. I don't know what you're talking about, right? What's the practicality here? But the way to bring it back to practicality, for me at least, is that, you know, what we think and how we uh, process the world, this is everything, actually. This is everything. This is what informs if we reach out to people. This is informs how we bring ourselves to people and to opportunities. If we act on opportunities or if, the, if we let opportunities pass, right? It, it informs everything, actually, how we think about the world. So what I think now is, um, you know, be- because I want things to be more easy and more joyful and more struggle-free, 
I want my consciousness to, to be open to more opportunities and to see those opportunities when they arise and then to act on them when they arise. Because, because when I think everything is a struggle, I don't even think, I don't even see those opportunities, for example, right? I don't even, like when I come across a brand, I don't even reach out to them because I think, well, it's too hard anyhow. It's too hard to get, to get a sponsorship um, or whatever, Right. So that's why I'm always wanting to talk to you guys about these subjects, but I'm also always hesitant that I, I don't want you to think that I'm just giving you some fluff sort of ideas here. But in reality, this is what informs everything that you do with yourself in this life. The answer to the freelance struggle is raising our rates. Mm. There is no way around it. We got to demand better pay. Across yeah. the board. And, and, you know, I talk about, we, we talked about this before in, in the circle as well, but that's just it. I mean, why do we have to say yes to everything? It's because the rates are low, right? So we, we need to have a lot aggregately in order to be able to make some sort of a living every month. And that's where that comes from that, you know, we need, we need to be raising our rates simply. And it's hard to do that. And it's hard to demand that every single time you talk to an editor, N not when you pitch, right. When the assignment has yes. like, when they said yes to the assignment, yeah. the next question should be about rates and you asking them every time, is there any room in the budget to increase it? We, we had this conversation for newer people uh, that are listening or will be listening later. If you go through our archives, there is a conversation about rates specifically where we talk specifically about that and how do we do that, right? But that's that's one big part of it is, is raising rates. The other big part of it is, um, which is something that we also discuss in the circle, is what is our value as freelancers? Our value as freelancers is not to write articles that everyone else can write. Our value as freelancers is to write and bring ideas that no one else can really bring because we have something special, something unique, a unique point of view, a unique obsession, a unique passion, a unique way to see something in the world, right? And, and that's where our value lies. If we pitch something... Uh, that a staff writer can write themselves, an editor can write themselves, there isn't a value in that to the magazine. That, why do magazines want to write, uh, work with freelancers? Because we bring them something that they don't have. That's where our power and our value comes from, right? But also, when we run ourselves to the ground, it's harder and harder for us to come up with those ideas that uh, are our innate value. So it's like this circle, this vicious circle. This it can be a vicious circle, right? We run ourselves to the ground. We don't ask for higher rates. We we write and we pitch sort of run of the mill. I'm not saying you know we are doing it. You are. I'm saying overall, we 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 do run of the mill work. We're competing with everyone else for the same run of the mill work, and it's that this vicious cycle that continues. So how do you break out of it, right? You ask for higher rates in every interaction with editor. And I, I, I'm serious about this. I want to push you guys. Every time you talk to an editor, no matter how much uh, you've published before, no matter how big your portfolio is, it's, it's just one question. Is there any room in the budget to increase the rate? It's a very, you know, it's a very non-threatening question to an editor. We think it's threatening, but it's not really. It's just a matter of fact. Then we have a bit more rest and then we have better chance of coming up with those ideas that 
again, no one else, no one else can bring because that's where our value lies, right? So this is like we we want to turn that vicious circle into a virtuous circle. So that's kind of where my head lies right now. Uh, that's 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 a way forward in this industry, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not something that can change in one uh, Zoom conversation. But still, I, I want this to be a reminder for all of us that that's the goal, right? That that virtuous circle that I just described—that's the goal. But the other thing I wanted to also bring up with you uh, is that, again, it's related to mindset too, and it's related to how we process information and how we process events and how important that is because. Um, for those of us who have started going on press trips, so Hannah, um, you've had experience with that. And more of you will, as you progress through in this career, you will start going on press trips. And then after you go on a press trip, there is, of course, the expectation uh, that that, you, that you're placing an article somewhere, right? Because that's why you went on a press trip to begin with. It wasn't just a free trip, as we all know. So somewhere along the line, uh, you might experience a situation where you're pitching and pitching and pitching that article and it's just not being picked up and just not being picked up. And that situation is more common than you might think. So you might think that, oh my God, what's happening? Why, you know, why this is happening to me? I'm now on the blacklist of this PR organization because I'm, I'm, I'm still not able to pitch the article. But in fact, this is just one interpretation. The, the most important thing there, and, I, and I've talked about this in the past, the most important thing there is to keep the agency updated on what's happening. Because the, the only time they will put you on a blacklist is when they take you on a trip, you say you're going to pitch it somewhere, and then you disappear. And that has happened too, right? That's why they have those blacklists, because they, they don't want to take people like that on press trips again. But if you're communicating and if you're keeping them updated and if you're bringing them on that journey with you, hey, I've pitched it here. They said no for such and such reasons. I'm pitching it here. They said no for such and such reasons. You know, you don't have to email them every week, but from time to time, you can give them an update. Then they they know because they know how this industry is. And sometimes it's very unpredictable in terms of where your story ends up or doesn't end up. Why am I telling you all this? So some of you might see, might might have seen that um, I'm going on several assignments in the next couple of weeks, and one of them is back to Austria. I've been to Austria last August for a story, and that story still hasn't been placed anywhere. I've been pitching it now to so many places: Travel and Leisure, Condé Nast Traveler, New York Times. One by one, they're all saying no to the story, right? And I, again, went down that hole of, oh my God, what did I do? You know, now the, the Austrian Tourism Board will put me on the blacklist because it's been a year and the story still hasn't been placed. And literally as I'm going down that line of thinking, I get an email in my inbox from the Austrian, uh, my contact who says, hey, Julia, would you like to come back to Austria this, this fall for another assignment, for another thing that we're doing? Uh, and she's like, I know the story hasn't been placed yet, but I know you're working on it. It's such a great story. So just come back. Like, we're happy to have you again. Right. So it's, it's, it was a reminder to me that we can interpret things one way, but we also can 
most of the time, the way we interpret them have nothing to do with the reality. And it was just a very important reminder. And she knows, like she knows everything. I've been updating her on where the story stands, why uh, all these publications said no so far. Um, and so I think that that's also very important to keep in mind. As long as you're communicating, as long as you're telling them where you are, what's happening, then it's absolutely fine. Uh, they're, they're not going to be placing anyone on any blacklist. Um, so yeah, our mindsets, the way we... Uh, process the world the way we think about the world it's everything actually because it informs what we do later right how we how we think about what's next what we do or don't do whether we take or don't take opportunities all of it is impacted by the way we process events the way we process the world so it's just so important and yeah i wanted to remind you guys of that today there is a scientific explanation to this uh, manifestation. I wouldn't, I need to find this because I talked about this recently with, uh, at, at another uh, Zoom call with someone. The reason why manifestation works, right? We think, okay, this is some, some again, woo-woo, whatever science uh, or pseudoscience. But the reason why it works is that um, when you give your brain an orientation for something, your brain starts picking up signs that before it wouldn't have noticed and it starts interpreting things differently. So like, cause most of the time we don't pick up on most of the signs that we see our, our brain, our unconscious, our subconsciousness doesn't pick them up. But when you give yourself that orientation, that that's what I want from now on, you start seeing things that you haven't seen before. So that's, and, and, and then it's, it's up to you what you do with that. Right. So it's a bit of like, it's manifestation, yes, but it's also up to you to do something with it. I'll find the term for it. I found it recently uh, uh, in a podcast I was listening to, and it was amazing because I always, again, I feel like, you know, I don't want to give you any pseudoscience or any things that are like some, you know, because there's a lot of that too, especially on social media. You see that like, you know, manifest your, you know, becoming a millionaire tomorrow. Or, I don't know, some some silly things like that, right? Um, but there's actually a scientific explanation to this phenomenon that is your brain starts picking up signs that you haven't seen before. And that's, and then what, what do you do with that information? You know? Um, so yeah, that's, I'll, I'll post it in the, in the chat later. Um, and just an invitation for everyone to think about how can we go from that vicious cycle to the vicious cycle, right? Increasing our rates giving ourselves more space to come up with those ideas that is our value because that's why magazines want to work with us um, and just inviting more ease, easefulness into our lives and less, less struggle, more ease. That's, that's my sort of orientation and mantra for the rest of the year. And uh, yeah, invite you guys to, to, to think about that as well. 